Greetings and welcome to Uncorked in Conversation. Hello, ladies. Hello, hello. hello. Clink, 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 clink. Clink, clink. I know, right? We're, we're tiny. We got tiny clinks tonight. We're a small group tonight. It's Linda, April, and Paulette. We're missing Sarita. Sarita is taking a, a self-care day. We mm -hmm. let's 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 uh, toast to her and self-care right now, ladies. Cheers. Clink. Cheers. Cheers. I'll Cheers. drink to that. I'll drink to self-care. <laughs> yes. Self-care is of the utmost importance. So we just want to be sure that we are, that we are taking care of ourselves. That is so important. And it yeah. is March. It is Women's History Month. Yay. Yes. Yes. Big round of applause for that one. Yes. Yeah. It is our <laughs> month. Who run the world, girls? Who Where run the women? world, girls? Women, girls. I don't even know the song. Girls, women. <laughs> <laughs> yes, listeners, you're right. We don't own the rights to that music. <laughs> right, we don't. Thank goodness. <laughs> That's the remix version. That's the remix. That's right. That's right. That's the uncorked <laughs> remix. <laughs> well, welcome, everyone. Tonight, we are going to be celebrating women as we talk about uh, President Biden's SCOTUS nominee, Katanji Brown Jackson. We're very excited uh, about her being President Biden's nominee for the Supreme Court. And we're also gonna talk a bit about the conflict in Ukraine after uh, with Russia having invaded Ukraine. But first, but first, let's talk women, and wine because it's our month and we drink wine ain't that right amen <laughs> amen we amen. love wine <laughs> favorite subject that's yes. right that's right so what i'd like to do uh this week to talk about women in wine i'm going to highlight for you five female winemakers who grabbed life by the vine I didn't make that up. I got it from brightsellers.com's blog. Say that three times fast. Brightsellers.com's blog. <laughs> Woo, mouthful. <laughs> there are five female winemakers who shook up the world. The first being Madame Clicquot, the first woman to run a champagne house. Next, Donna Antonia Adelaide Ferreira, the savior of port wine. Hannah Weinberger, the first female winemaker in Napa Valley. Louise Pomery, creator of Brut Champagne. Oh, wow. Mm. And is Isabel Simi, the first female winemaker in the U.S. All right. All right now. Do any of those names ring a bell with either no. of you ladies? All I heard was Vuv Clico. That's all I heard. <laughs> <laughs> Madame Clico. Okay, so we're gonna talk a little bit about her. And I, I'm fascinated by her story. Let me just say my first time ever tasting Veuve Clico was when you recommended it, April, at Paulette's birthday party. Yes. 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 We were at was it Chops? That, yes, it Chops. Chops. Yeah. Chop in Virginia. Shout Beach. out the Chops. Yes. 
Yes. Yes. Yes. Shout out to Chops. Yes. <laughs> that was so good. That was the best champagne I had ever tasted. It was so yeah, delicious. I love it. I love yeah. It. And That's I, I don't like uh, champagne. I really don't. But that one, mm-hmm. that one was good. That quite a really good champagne. I yes. prefer that over Moet, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I, would I too. really do. Yeah, like Paulette said, I'm not huge on champagne. It's a little, yeah, it's a little too fizzy for my taste normally, but right. I really enjoyed that. It was a smooth, a smooth taste that I enjoyed yeah, to that. Yeah. So I'm gonna read a little bit about Madame Clicquot. As each week goes on, perhaps we will explore more deeply each of the winemakers and share more knowledge about wine. So like every uh, early female winemaker, her name Barb Nicole Clicquot, fell into a career in wine by chance when her husband died in 1805, six short years after they were married, leaving his 27-year-old widow with a business that was involved in banking, wool trading, and champagne. She famously decided to focus the the company entirely on champagne. Smart lady, okay? (laughs) She has the right idea. And although she had no formal training, she took charge in an era when men, of course, controlled this world um, of champagne. And she branded her new champagne house, guess what the name was? Veuve Clicquot, which means the widow Clicquot. We have learned some trivia today. So that's what it means. Yes, we have. (laughs) Look at April's face. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Wow, I feel so connected to this woman. I (laughs) know. Right, right. Isn't that something? Yep. I did not know that it was a woman who, um, I guess, made it flourish. That is a a branded by this woman. I had no idea. How amazing! Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Madame Plico introduced innovations that still impact the industry today. Under her management, her company developed a new technique called riddling which gets rid of sediment in champagne bottles. That's why it tastes so smooth. Okay. Makes sense. I like that. There's a lot of acidity in that. Okay. I like that. Yes. So, yes. So, we've learned a little something today. And, Paulette, it was your birthday that brought us full circle with Madame Clicquot's product. (laughs) Yes. So, salute. Salute. Absolutely. All right, ladies. So look, so let's talk a little bit about our new SCOTUS to be, I suppose we could say, uh, Kitanji Brown Jackson. So as we know, President Biden has made his nomination official. And from what I read, the confirmation hearings will begin around the 21st of March. And then final voting is uh, expected to take place by April 8th. So uh, at that point, we should have- my birthday present. Your birthday present. (laughs) Our newest uh, Supreme Court justice. And let's, if we could just talk about the impact of this happening right now, um, because she would be the first black woman SCOTUS. Am I correct in that? I did read that correctly, yes, right? That is so correct. Let, 
what do y'all think of the impact that this will have and the thought that she's our first black female SCOTUS? Well, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. She, from what I understand, she has the credentials because I believe right now she is a, a judge for um, a federal judge. I believe that she's a she federal judge. is a federal judge, judge in D.C. Yes. Okay, in DC. Okay. Um, so she has the credentials, she has the background. Um, I think she should get support across the aisle. I think she should get support from the Democrats, the Republicans, you know, politically. I think she should get support for the women, you know, the women feminists. Um, I think she should have support support from the African Americans, male and female, you know. Um, I'm, I am excited to see yet another first, you know, we had a first black president since I've been alive. We have a first woman, black woman, um, vice president since I've been alive. And now SCOTUS, this is amazing. Black lives matter. And we continue to matter to show that we have value in this country. I love it. Absolutely. It's quite a feat. Paulette, what are your thoughts? Well, I kind of agree with April. You know, I think it should be support, you know, all around. I, I, what bothers me with media and people is sometimes people think with like a blinders on, you know, and they don't think about the whole thing and how all of it can benefit, you know, different people, cultures and all of that thing or those things and how the media looks for the negativity and things, you know, they're bringing up her background. They bring up this, that, and the other, and they want to hold that against. I'm with April. We, she should have full support, full support, full support. <laughs> I can't, I can't even <laughs> say it enough. Full support. Because like April was saying, we finally had a black president. We have a black, black and woman vice president. Come on now. We are making some hurdles. We are making some hurdles here and it should be supportive, but then yet it's always got to be somebody that's got to find a negative in something. Come on. Haters gonna hate. Haters gonna hate. Right. Haters gonna hate. And, and you're absolutely right. Of course, we are, we are overjoyed um, that, that we've got um, a black female SCOTUS representation matters and, and I can't say that enough. And as Black women, it feels good to have someone taking on such a key role, key important leadership role for our country who looks like us. That is important. You're no better represented than you are when you do have people who look like you, which is why it is so important that we have varying backgrounds, varying, um, just, 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 we're supposed to, we're not supposed to just have one um, demographic represented amongst right. our leadership, because then how right. can we be sure that we're truly being seen and heard? Um, and, and I just think that's important, you know, as you both um, have stated. Yeah, and Paulette, I'm right there with you with regards to the media. Now we already know this is a Democratic appointment. Likely she's Democrat. So of course there's going to be um, some media resistance as well as partisan resistance because you know there are some people who regardless of race, religion, anything, um, gender, 
if I'm a Republican, I'm a Republican. If I'm a Democrat, I'm a Democrat. Nothing else matters. So they're going to be people that take sides just from a partisan standpoint anyway. But to your point, with her credentials, she honestly should be supported uh, by all. I believe she should be supported by all. When we see this situation in 2022, where we're having a first for a person of color, a, a first for a black person, a first for a black woman. I have become overjoyed because of the representation, but then there's a side of me that becomes dismayed because I start to think to myself, why on earth did it take to 2022 to have a black woman as a SCOTUS? I, it you just- know, You know, you know, you know. You know, you know. I, yeah, I see you looking too, Paula. Paula, like, what you mean? What? Like, yeah, you're right. You know. Like, yeah. Why did it take this long? But you know why it took this long. You know why. Yep. Yes. Like you said, there are people in place who want to see things and keep them as they are. Right. And they do not want change, especially on the other side of the aisle, the Republicans. They want they want to see things or run this country the way they want to. Damn mm-hmm. everybody else. And and as we talk about, you know, the Republican Party, I, I won't even say all Republicans, because to your point, there are going to change. No. She, does, she will have bipartisan support. My, my greater concern, I think, though, is for those people who are racist. Let me just say it. I'm sorry. You know, they, it, there is such staunch racism that exists in our country and has always existed that there are people whatever they are, they don't want to see any advancement with regards to any minority to a leadership position. And that is not okay. And it's time we call it out. (laughs) It's time to call it what it is. And as much as we celebrate when we achieve a first, I don't want to diminish that at all. I think we also push back and challenge our, our predecessors and our leaders and say, it's a damn shame this is the first time. It just is. As, ha- as proud as we are, it's a shame. It is, exactly. it is you know, a shame. 50, so yeah, we should have been way farther than this since the civil rights uh, movement. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and of course, like April was saying, we know why. But if you notice, okay, I don't know, I don't want to put this harshly. Well, some of those people are dying off. Okay. True. Some of those yeah. people that are stopping you know, progress and the change, they're dying off, you know? And and look, I'm gonna go higher than the government. I can't wait until we break that doggone ceiling in the NFL. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm going higher. Higher than the the political landscape of the land. That's right. The NFL. (laughs) She said higher than the NFL. Yes. Not not this little percentage. I'm talking about an owner, honey. (laughs) (laughs) But you're absolutely right because, you know, growing up and, you know, me, I I, I know you were all into football as well, Paula. I just know from uh, me and April being teenagers, we, girl, we just knew we were going to be football players. You remember that? As prissy as we were. <laughs> I just wanted to wear the uniform, be cute. That was it. That, you could be a kicker. Like, you know you could have been a kicker. I, I could, yeah, that's all right. Make me a kicker. I'm, I'm good with that. I get paid the same. 
My high school, my high school, about 15 years after I graduated, had a girl kicker. Ridge High School, home of the Wildcats. Yay. Yeah, I heard about that. Heard about that. They had a yeah. female kicker. And so, yeah. it's, of course, not on, it's not unheard of now for women to be in the NFL. Katie Sowers, assistant co- is she an assistant coach or offensive coach? I, I, I forget. Might one, be of, one of those like that. She's something yeah. for San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> I follow her on Instagram. It would be a good idea if I knew exactly what she was. But I know she's for San Francisco. But, yeah, okay. so it's not as unheard of. But to your point, Paulette. You know, back when we were younger and wanting to be football players and all this kind of stuff, it was, there were very few and far between Black quarterbacks. A lot of Black oh, players. Yes. A lot of Black players. Especially linemen. They like to keep yeah. them on the line. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's the Bucks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but a, uh, a quarterback, almost unheard of. Mm-hmm. Wide receiver, and, maybe. Right. But most of the time we were running backs or on the defense or on the O-line. Yeah, there weren't a lot of, um, Mm -hmm. there weren't any, hardly any black quarterbacks. I know we had Doug Williams back when we were young. He played for the Buccaneers and then for the uh, Redskins. Um, But it was, it was so unheard of that when you did see a black quarterback, you got excited. You're like, oh boy, a black quarterback. Wow. We have actually lived in society when we had that reaction. That is not and let okay. it know. And and what about having a being a black coach? Um, P- Pittsburgh. That's um, why I started with quarterback because I was like, we never heard of you know because you know coach the, in NFL. Please the underlying the underlying excuse and and they never quite said it, but the underlying excuse was mm-hmm. that. To play quarterback, it was much more of a mental game versus a physical game. And whereas the Black athletes may have been somewhat superior physically, they didn't have the mental capacity to run a team. I call bullshit. Yeah. They never said it. They never quite said it, but it was there. And I know it was there because I had a Black parent in the home who said those words to me. Wow. Yes. So... Okay. Yeah. 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 Cause that, there goes the inferior superior um, mindset they want to put on us. And a lot of us played into that, but mm-hmm. then again, a whole lot of us said, we're not, that's not who we are. We're better than that. And so we, we, we grew from that and we got black quarterbacks, coaches, and we do have some who own a percentage of a team. <laughs> right. Yes. Look at Paulette's face. She said, no, that ain't good enough. I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad oh, at you. Not good enough. Because there's not there's enough. Though. There is enough. Just like when Prince was saying, hey, we make enough money that we could do our own stuff. We do not have to be slaves to these record companies. We can own our masters. We can put that stuff out there if we come together. Mm-hmm. If we come together, we could do this. And if I'm not mistaken, I think that him and Jay-Z were on to something or whatever, but you know, that's hearsay. So I'm not gonna put that out there. But anyway, if we all, if we pull, if all of those rich people that we know in the entertainment business, and I don't care what part of the entertainment business they're in, if they pull themselves together, of course we could do the distribution. 
Yeah. You can't tell me that between the two that always come off the top of my head is Tyler Perry and Oprah. If they mm-hmm. come together, they couldn't just dispute, um, dispute, listen to me. <laughs> they couldn't distribute music uh-huh. out there to where it needs to be. And now oh. it's all on, it's, you know, downloads most of the time. Right. So yeah. Come on now. Call yeah. it out. Do they want you sure though? That's the question. I don't know if anybody's ever approached them like that, you know, and, and Tyler Mary, Perry makes his own doggone music for a lot of his movies and shows. He come up with these songs on his he own, does. you know, I mean, he's that poor man got so much on his plate. So, <laughs> you know, and now somebody's approaching him about um, a studio in Africa. Um, Michael Blackson, which I think is a wonderful idea. I hope it goes for. But anyway, so maybe that's a step. Oh, then oh. that's a step. Then he is. I'm yeah. telling you, Nolly. Nollywood, which I am obsessed of African movies, Nigerian movies, Legos. I am obsessed. He, oh my God, girl, I'm going yeah. to Africa. Michael Blackson was talking to him, and then I, I hope he does. That would be beautiful. I hope he does too. That would because be because he would actually elevate. Because you know, it's Nollywood has been around for forever. You know, mm-hmm. it's been around mm-hmm. just as long as Hollywood. I would say. Um, just as long as Bollywood and Bali, um, but it hasn't really elevated to like international status in right. the way Nollywood, I mean Hollywood is. Yeah, so, it's still considered like yeah. B films. Yeah, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they're 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 changing. They are really changing. Um, but yeah, that would be a whole nother level if they could because they try put it this way they're also becoming americanized right and so here coming well i'm just saying we look back in the motherland and say hey we want to go back to the land because we have an attachment to them and we want to be like them and they look at us and say we want to be like y'all <laughs> but i'm telling but a you lot of these cities movies, are like ours they are but i'm talking about the way that they look they oh, look okay. just like until they open their mouth, you would not know that they are from Africa. Mm. They got the hair weave, the nails, the dress. They look just like us. Oh my gosh, like, they're so wow. they just they're so gorgeous. I follow this one young lady, I can't remember her name, I never do, on TikTok, and she shows these beautiful wedding gowns and, and ball gowns. And I'm like, oh, they are so beautiful. Oh, they are so beautiful. They are oh. so beautiful. Wow. So anyway, we all got all off topic. I know. Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I know you were mentioning about NFL owners. It doesn't look like there are any black NFL owners. There's I I know there's not. There's a even co-owners. No, I don't. They won't let them in. Yeah, because I think Usher, Usher, Serena Williams. I know those two for. I don't know if they still do, but I know they had like a little percentage, but it wasn't enough that they could do anything. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. They have a little yeah, but small no. percentage, like 2% or some crazy yeah. like oh, that. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah, but there's no, there are no owners. They won't let wow. them in. They've tried because I think, matter of fact, the, um, the guy, I'm, I'm sorry, guys, I'm so bad with names, used to own BET. He was, he was trying to be uh, he was trying to get, they wouldn't let Michael Jordan, they let him in. NFL gotcha. will, I mean, excuse me, um, NBA, NBA will, but yeah, yeah, no, those, those good fellas will not let them in. Hmm. Interesting. And you can't tell me that all these entertainers that want to be in there, that there's not enough money. They, mm-mm. Nope. Right. 
Mm-hmm. It's not even about money at that point. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's about it's inclusion, exclusion, I should say. Yeah. Yes, Absolutely. Now, I did, uh, when we were talking about Katanji uh, Brown-Jackson, I did see a couple of things on LinkedIn. And then there was this uh, one guy on uh, Instagram. And mm-hmm. once I saw this type of comment or this type of post um, three times, I said, oh, okay, there seems to be a trend here. And I've seen this kind of position before now. I've seen it okay. when Kamala uh, first was um, voted in as vice president. But the, the post speak, is from a black man and it speaks about being happy that a, a woman, a black woman is being named to the Supreme, Supreme Court. But he identifies seeing a pattern of these type of appointments or these type of uh, situations where Black women are placed in leadership roles. And his question is, when are we going to put a Black woman in power who actually loves Black men? So the position for some Black men, and I've seen quite a few of them, there is some dissent, if you will, with regards to a black woman, if she's got a white husband, I, you know, it, it lends itself to the idea, oh, she not black enough, you know what I'm saying? Or <laughs> she, you know, there just seems to be an issue with uh, the black woman really? mar- being married to the white man. So I'd love y'all's take on uh, feedback on that. I just find it funny how, <laughs> It's That's a good answer. It's, it's, I, I find it funny because did they did these men just wake up all of a sudden and see now an increase of black women dating or marrying outside of their race? Black men has been doing this this whole time. Exactly. I should be asking him why can't a black man who's think of it like this? I've seen black entertainers, athletes. Rappers, actors, singers, um, CEOs, entrepreneurs, all of them have what on their arms as a trophy significance to say that I want a white woman. And this has been going on since forever. Now we questioning it, but now you give us, oh, we love who we love. It's just how it is, you know. But now when we decide, okay, we're going to start dating outside of our race because, you know, our pool is small and they mm-hmm. already say that there's more men than women. I mean, there are more, more women, women than men. Head backwards. Yeah, more women than men. Yes. <laughs> there's more women than men. But so as far as African-American women, who do we compete against? And I'm saying we're not competing, but that's what these men are making us do. We have white women or they're gay, or they're in jail. We don't, our supply is small. So right. where do we go to find love? We find love in the same place you find love, wherever it, where it lands. And if it happens to land with a white counterpart, and so it is. I have no problem with that. So did they just wake up? Because they've been doing this the whole damn time. For hundreds of years. Well, I'm piggybacking <laughs> off of you, April, because that was that, that was going to be my question. So, where was the black man when she was looking for love? Mm. Where was the black man where where she was in her life looking for love? Where was mm. he? Mm. Hello. Mm. Mm. 
Mm. So whatever but she's married to, you know, it, it, white, if he's mixed with something else, he was there. Where was the black man? So because she's trying to progress in her career and wherever she was and what she was doing, did she have to go out and look for him? Right. No, he was probably there. So brother, all I ask you is where were you? <laughs> you know, that's her question. Yes. <laughs> where you were know, you? And mine is, did you yeah. just wake up? So, and I don't mean him specifically. I just Dude. mean, brother, if you're going to come with that question, Hey, put the men in those positions. If, if it's, I don't know what it is now. I don't know if it's 30 to one or 20 to one, 50 to one or whatever it may be. Don't down this woman because she found love where she found it. Exactly. Even if it's convenient. Our skin color just wasn't there at the time. You know, all I can say is boom. Y'all hit the nail on the head. That was my thought. I, because I keep seeing it. I started seeing it when Kamala was put into uh, off, when she was voted into office. Um, yeah. About uh, two years ago, there was an uptick. I don't know if y'all noticed. I only noticed because black men were talking about it on social media. And please understand, listeners, that when we say black men or black women, we're not talking about all the entire race. But I just want to make sure that everybody understands that. Yeah, generalization. Some, that's it. Right. I saw some black men make this um, statement. There was an uptick in commercials featuring interracial couples of black women and white men. And I never noticed it till they started saying something about it on social media. And then I was like, oh, I and I can't, yeah, I can't think of any of the ads right off, but I do know Cheerios. that the, the, yeah, that was one. That but was what I did one. notice in most of the ads that was, was that it was, it was subtle. It was almost like it was understated that they were a couple, if you know what I mean. It wasn't mm -hmm. pronounced. Well, you're right. It, I'm sorry for cutting you off, Linda, but if oh. you go back to what April just said with the Cheerios, they were not in the same frame together. Right. He was on the couch. The baby yep. dropped the, the Cheerios on him. The wife was in the kitchen. Right. Yep. So you're right. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. like he's just talking out to her. She could have been, you know, anywhere. But yeah, yeah, they were not in the same frame at first. Yeah. 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 But now so, they yeah. are. Yeah. yeah. And they're in the so kitchen together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it's so yeah. interesting because a couple things happened back when I was um, younger. Um, one was I was headed over to this boy's house, had no business going over to this boy's house. I think I was like 15. He might have been like 17. I'm going to tell your mama. I know, right? I, I had a crush on him and I called him and then I walked around his house, walked over there. He got a car, y'all, but I walked over to his house. Right. And so <laughs> got to the house. And his girlfriend, who I didn't know he had a girlfriend, was sitting on the couch waiting for him. White girl. And she was so nice. <laughs> but we were he stayed in the room. He never came out the room. I think I was there for like two hours. The man never came out the room. Both of us sitting on the couch and we just were talking. <laughs> he didn't know what to do. But I remember after that feeling like such a fool. I should have felt like a fool because I walked over this man's house who had a car. But at any rate, I felt. <laughs> I remember the feeling of betrayal as a black girl. Like I said, I was only 15 at the time that this black man, this black boy 
had this white girlfriend that he was cheating on me with or messing around behind my back with. So it, it just felt, it felt like double betrayal, not so much just being cheated on, but why you got a white girl? That, that was how I felt at the time. Right. And I did evolve, obviously, because I because had to- that was some- uncommon for one. You know, it yes. didn't happen too often back then growing right. up. Well, we didn't see it that way. Right, um, right. So that was like an unfamiliar territory for you. You didn't know how to receive that because I feel rejected in a kind of way, but I shouldn't, but I do, you know? Exactly. I don't know what to do with those feelings. And so hopefully you work that out. (laughs) Well, I did because I, I, you know, at first I wanted to believe in my mind that what he was doing was wrong. Well, yeah, it was wrong, not from the standpoint of race anywhere where that's concerned, but from the standpoint of he was playing with two girls' hearts. But, you know, I had to ask myself, I had to look and say, you know, I have friends that don't date in their race. So are they wrong as well? And then I had to, it made me think of them and their relationships. And I was like, no, my friends are in love. My friends are a couple. They, they like each other. It's not for some kind of show. So I came to understand at a young age, it is about who you love. It it is not about anything else. It is about who you love. That said, how hypocritical of some black men though, after Because after that, starting to get into the mid 80s, late 80s, it became a regular occurrence once a black man became successful that he married a non-black woman. And we were just, and of course I was at a place to just simply understand it. I couldn't identify in every situation, whether it was for status or whether it was for love. So I just have to assume if someone's marrying somebody, they're marrying for love. And I chose not to have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like society told us we couldn't have a problem with it. And then here mm-hmm. comes society <laughs> who told us we can't have a problem with black men loving white women. Now right. society is saying it's not right, black woman, for you to love a white man. Right. Exactly. That's hypocritical. So, so we can't be loved. That's 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 what they're trying to tell us that we're not going to accept that. And I don't have a problem with dating outside of your race I have no problem with that and like I said love lands where it lands you know no matter race creed color gender it does not matter what I have a problem is is preference when you set a preference deliberately not to date within your race and deliberately go outside of your race that's what I have a problem with so I can't like you Linda I can't decipher whether this person's in his relationship is for love or for status. Right. But I am going to believe love is love. And that's right. it's, that's their life. I really don't care right. how, you, yeah. how you want to do that, how you want to spend it. I really don't care. So it doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what anybody thinks. If that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. But I think it's very hypocritical of these men have a problem with these black women dating outside of their race when they've been doing it for however long they've been doing it. And yeah. we're not supposed to say anything about it. Right. Amen, you sister. Know. Preach, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Unacceptable. <That's right>. <laughs> 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 We don't drink to that. <laughs> we don't drink to the hypocrisy. No. <laughs> we're going to 
turn our cups upside down <laughs> for that. Don't spill no wine. Make sure you drain it first. Don't <laughs> spill no wine. <laughs> After we drink it. Wine or alcohol. Right. <laughs> alcohol abuse. Right. You'll get a fine for that. Right. Gosh, y'all are crazy. But y'all, jumping over to uh, world news, what do y'all think about the uh, Ukraine situation, Russia invading Ukraine? It's been a few days now, quite a few. Day uh, seven. Yeah. Day seven. Yeah, my, my heart goes out. Absolutely. Heart goes out. I just, I, I don't like to hear about the the schools and the, uh, what are the school churches and... I don't, I don't think they said a hospital, but I know schools and churches were being hit. I don't think that's right. Yeah. I don't think that's right at all. Yeah. yeah these are it, um, people who has nothing to do. They're innocent bystanders, but right. they treat them as, you know, just casualties of war. Like mm. they have no value in life. I have a problem with that. Yeah. It also feels like... Um, a big bully, you know, with Russia being a, a, a superpower for, you know, in the world, a big bully picking on a smaller guy, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. if I'm not mistaken, Ukraine used to be a part of Russia. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. it did. Yeah. And they, yeah. um, they annexed themselves from Russia. And I don't know, it just, it just feels like bullying, honestly, you know. The term for it. Yeah, it is a bullying, bullying tactic. Um, so I don't want you to be independent. You know, I just want you. I'm, I'm still mad. You know, I'm right. still mad. I'm still upset for you for you know splitting off, and and I'm gonna make it hard for you. Right. Well, no. Remember now, not just because you're independent, but wait a minute, what you you talking about joining who? Oh no. Oh, the U.S. NATO is not gonna be that close to me. Right. Mm-hmm. Joining NATO, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's the major problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. And we're not, we're definitely not a political podcast. Y'all all know that we're not heavy into politics, but the, the invasion, um, of course, is, is major world news. And um, one, of, one of the things that, well, first of all, what's in it for us and the, and the circumstances that can be created for us. Of course, we know that um, increase in, in oil prices can, is already actually happening. Um, I hear it's four dollars in some places now. Yeah, in California it's six. Oh my god! Could you imagine? Yeah. Um, Today, because I usually, Linda, you know how I am. I usually don't go past a half a tank. Right. And that's only because that's the way that's the way I budget myself because it's it's easier for me to fill up from there than it is from all the way empty. That's true. And Mm -hmm. I was like one notch. Um, under a half a tank, went to BJ's and it cost me $30 to fill my car up from there. Mm. I'm like, this, it's like, and now I'm like, I don't know if I'm going anywhere. <laughs> right. right. That's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. But yeah, so it's it just, you know, there's their implications for us. We have now sanctioned um, Russia. U.S. or has Biden sanctioned them yet? I know he was talking about it. And a couple of other countries are sanctioning Russia. The United Nations did vote to um, condemn them 
for what they're doing as well. So I'm hoping that means that we'll find an end to this conflict sooner than later. I just hope it doesn't, you know, drag on as we know right. uh, these conflicts can. Right. But one of the stories that stood out to me, and I have to admit, you know, I had posted on our page, Prayers for Ukraine. Um, I had posted that on our social media pages. And then, you know, because I sincerely, as we mentioned, I, I sincerely, um, you know, feel for what they're going through right now. And then I started seeing these stories about students in Ukraine, African students that were in Ukraine trying to get out because I know that there are citizens that were getting out. Um, the women and the children, I know they were getting them out. And from what I understood, they were facing some blatant racism there at the border where they, weren't be they were being forced to wait in favor of lighter complected people being let out. So okay. throwing, throwing that out there, um, y'all, any thoughts there? And, and had you heard about that? I see you nodding, Paulette, you obviously had heard about it. Yeah, I, I, I heard about it first. Then um, I saw a video um, of some black students trying to get on a train and they wouldn't let them on. Mm -hmm. And then yesterday on the news, briefly because I don't watch a whole lot it's just so depressing but yes <laughs> um I was watching it briefly and a, a student was saying that there was different lines and she says because there's all kinds of nationalities there and mm -hmm. there are some darker complected people that are citizens of the Ukraine but if you were lighter skinned you were in this lane over here and everybody else was in those lanes over there mm -hmm. yeah wow yeah. I, I heard I read that too because Africans and Arabs are um, has settled there, put it that way. They right. Okay. Go to school there, and then a lot of them don't go back to their homeland in North Africa or Africa, and some settle there, kind of like the United States. You know, right. Right. A lot of people send there, come here for school, and then they will go back to their land so it's the same philosophy so people have black people have been there it's not like it's you know something new it's been there for you know a long time yeah and it's unfortunate when something goes down like this that underlying issue of racism rears its head yeah and it's it's disturbing you know it's disheartening as well but i can imagine you know you thinking i love this land that i live in mm -hmm. and now they treat me as though i am second class or, or no class at all right. and i believe they were i think the neighboring um country is poland yes poland so not only have they they experienced you know, um, treacherous behavior at the border from Ukraine. And then they go over to the border and they experience the same thing over there. And it's right. the same Right. You know, it's, it's hard. It's hard being black all over the world. Yeah. And it's, it's really just, you're right though. It's really disturbing because in my mind, and I know we had an episode a couple, um, a couple episodes ago where we talked about the perception anyway, that racism is not as uh, as harsh as it is for us here in America, in the foreign countries. It's not, there's not as much division, 
But now seeing what's happening at the Ukraine border, I have to question it, you know, and is it not so publicized? Is it not so obvious? But then when you, to your point, when you get into conflict to where it really counts, now they're making, um, you know, some differences there. Yeah, they make it a preference to take care of their own or, or people who are like them more so right. than people who are not. Let me just are, say it like that. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but we see it all the time. And it's, and it's, a, it's disturbing to me because it's a blatant racism. You're treating me differently only because you perceive me a certain kind of way. Right. I don't know if it's threat or fear or what have you, but for whatever reason, you treat me differently than, than the, my counterpart or you're my counterpart, but you just of a different race. Right. I, it just boggles my mind how people think. And I'm afraid that it, sadly it's, it's ingrained, it's, it's programmed into societies of people to think that way. I even think about the black, just African-Americans as we are and how colorism exists among us sadly Mm -hmm. it still does you know uh, some of us are able to see you know we are who we are doesn't matter if we're dark or light but there is some there are some colorism um conflicts if you will right there amongst our race so i I guess i i don't know how we handle this as a people as humankind especially seeing that it's it reaches, you know, far outside of just the United States and what we see. How do we begin to turn the corner? Oh, or I hate to say begin to th- turn the corner because a lot of people believe racism no longer exists. They believe because of the civil rights movement, we're in a certain place. Yes, we're further along than we've been. We have many firsts, as we talked about at the beginning of the show. We've had a black president. We've had a, a vice president of color. We have a SCOTUS of color. We've had a SCOTUS of color as a male. Now we've got one as a female. So we have some. We've seen some changes. But what do we do about that underlying belief, that fear, that fear? We got to talk I, about I, and it. I don't know we got to put it. it on the table. We got to discuss it because the only way that you're going to resolve anything is to address it because the solution is always in the problem. So if we keep ignoring that this is not a problem, it would never get settled. Never. And it's uncomfortable. It's ugly. It's going to, to pull off a lot of emotions that we don't want to deal with. But the only way to do it is to deal with it. Yes. You know, and we're going to uh, disagree and it's okay, but don't disagree because of the color of my skin. Disagree with me because I said something that you don't believe in, truly right. believe in. Right. That's my issue that people just right. don't want to just think for themselves and say, hey, oh, I'm just going to jump on the bandwagon with this guy over here. No, what do you really believe? Do you really believe that I, as a black woman, black, period, woman period am i really inferior to you am Ooh. i really a threat to you am yeah. i really you know and how can i be inferior you... and a threat <laughs> you know <laughs> Infer- right we're, we're at the bottom of that doggone uh um uh, pyramid that y'all want to make but we're inferior 
Right. We're we're scraping the boots. <laughs> right. We're a threat. Okay. And I think that's that, that part of that underlying fear, you know, mm. April yeah. was talking about. I agree. Yeah. We've got to get it on the table. And it's interesting because I started not to bring this piece of the conflict to the show because, you know, I've read uh, comments and posts from people that are not people of color saying, why do you have to make everything racial? And I just want to say, if you're listening and that's how you feel about issues being brought up, please understand we're not here to, to make everything racial. But if it's racial, it's racial. Understand that. And we're going to speak on it. That's it. And it's called having a conversation. It's talking. Everything and everybody gets talked about. Yes. Period. Point blank. Because we're human. We're people. That's what we do. Absolutely. And I want to welcome. No, I was going to say until we start looking at one another as humans instead of looking at our differences and using that as a weapon, then we can't get much far at all. We're all humans. We all, we all breathe the same air. We all have blood running through our veins. We all use the bathroom, not the same way. You know, some standing or some sitting down, but I'm, I'm just saying. But we still use it. <laughs> we still have that human quality Amen. the same as everybody else. Right. <laughs> And you know, April, honestly, I couldn't have said it any better. You're absolutely right. We're all humans. We have to have that conversation, even if it's awkward, even if it's difficult, even if we don't agree, we have to have that conversation. If we can keep in mind as we communicate with, the, with each other that we, we agree to share, to say whatever we say, as long as we are being truthful, it's necessary to say it and we're being kind because again, we can disagree without being disagreeable. And that is from whatever background we come from. If you decide you wanna come on the show and talk about these types of things, we welcome you on our lives on Instagram. If you wanna talk, we welcome you. We want to have that discussion. And again, right. just as April said, it could get ugly, but we're gonna to try to bring it back to the fact that we're human and, and we're not here to fight each other. We're here right. to see where each other is coming from. And if yeah. we have to agree or disagree, we do. Yeah, that's 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 part of life. Un understand disagreeing with people is how you learn and like I always say, grow. You exactly. grow from adversity. I know I've had a hard time um facing things, you know, and you know why? I've learned because it ain't pretty, it don't feel good, it's right. not peach cobbler and roses all the time it's mm -hmm. it life is just not however the quicker you try to face it get it out there say what you have to say try not to be so emotional that it escalates you can grow from that and move on and i think that's the problem now is that a lot of people are not doing that they don't give people opportunity to speak it's like they're over each other mm -hmm. let me speak you speak it's a conversation Yes, it's going to get heated. Yes, you're going to have feelings. You're supposed to. And it don't. it's not always going to feel good to face those things. And that's what I'm always talking to my kids about because that's what I had to learn. I had to learn that everything is not going to look pretty all the time. But it does make sense to go ahead and stand up to it and go ahead and get it over with. Because right. then well, when that person comes back and tries to throw it in your face, then you're going to say, hold up. We talked about that. I stood up to it. 
You're not going to keep putting it in my face. (laughs) That's right. That's right. right. Well said. It is. I like that. And And I would say this. We have a fear of the unknown. We will build ourselves up to not deal with the problem. But the funny thing is, when we deal with the problem, we realize it is not as bad as I thought. Absolutely. Because you build up in your mind worse than what the reality of it is. Yes. Yes. So, so on point. On point. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, y'all, let's end with a bang. Let's talk about Queen Rihanna. You, uh, <laughs> <laughs> April, you fill so us cute. in on the story. <laughs> She's <laughs> fabulous. Oh First my gosh, those, she is so cute. She is. For those who don't know, Rihanna, Riri, bad girl, Riri, is preggers. We're so excited. We're welcoming yeah, a big she's <laughs> And and Riri is bad girl. She's she's she bad. She bad. She I bad. like her. I like that Riri. I just I, do. I like and her. she's she's just yeah. I like her. She's but fierce. tell me what happened, she's girl. Fierce. Yeah, yeah she so this is. Paris Fashion Week. So Rihanna was there. And I don't know if it was, I don't think this was her show that she was doing, but she was a part of it, whatever it is. And so from what I seen the picture she had on this, she's what, I don't know, six, seven months pregnant. Yeah, she's out there, right? She's out there. And she had this sheer black, um, beautiful it was gorgeous you know i am bright she just looked so glorious to me she she got that pregnancy glow she just owning her stuff i love to see pregnant women who owning their stuff you know my this is my stomach i got life in me and this is what it is but she's pregnant okay you ever do mothers out there who understands what it feels like to be six seven eight almost nine months pregnant mm-hmm. it can be some challenges it can mm-hmm. be some discomfort it is it can be challenging okay so let me just say that this is the red carpet event so you have the media there and everyone's waiting for rihanna to come and she's coming down the red carpet now, i do not know what time the show was supposed to start but as she's coming down the red carpet, this journalist, this um, reporter says, you're late, you're late, you're late. And she turns to her as she holds her stomach and she says, no shit. And she gives and she turns back and she keeps on walking. I say, right there, that's a true black mother right there. Because <laughs> that's the my mom used to say. My mama used to say, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> I would say, Mom, you did such a thing. She would say, No shit, Sherlock. And I'd be like, I recognized that look when she did it. And I'm like, She's going to be a great mother. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Someone called her out for being late. And I'm like, Well, she's Rihanna. Right, she can be like, <laughs> that's how she answered too. Like, right, <laughs> she did. She's like, no shit. Okay, uh, thanks for bringing that to my attention because she's like my grandmother. She was, she's like, I'm never late. She's like, I'm fashionably late. I'm never late. Y'all just early. You know, Whoop. that's the attitude that I felt that she was like, okay, <laughs> and. 
That was my attitude when I used to work every day. <laughs> you, say, you know what? <laughs> One thing I was going to be was like, I was on my game, though. On my game. Everything was prepared. But sis was late. So I got respect for her right there because you know what? It is what it is. And if I'm going to be late, I'm going to stop and get me something to eat and some Starbucks because I can't be late twice. There you go. (laughs) Some people get bent out of shape when you are late because the first thing they'll say, I value my time and I expect you to value my time as well. And I get that. I I totally do. It's really not okay to be late. However... If I, you know your plan something, if I plan something, I'm actually okay with you being late. I'm pissed off if you don't show up and you say you're going to be there. Well, Thank there you. you. Go. That's, that's, more that's my problem. Yeah. That's more of an issue for me because yeah. if you're going to be late, let's say we have an hour together and you're late and it's you late 15 minutes. Okay. I got 15 minutes of spending time with you that's still okay mm-hmm. people get so right. bent out of shape as just saying like your leg and so their whole day or night or even is all messed up because this one person is late well what? really let me add to that one now I, I, another thing that whew, bothers me because this has happened to me i've put in months of preparation for an event okay it's at a venue, which I only have limited time, okay? In this case, it was like, uh, I think the window was like three hours. And the guest shows up an hour and a half late. Yeah, been there. Could barely get the games going. And then before you know it, I had to tear down everything because you were an hour and a half late. Oh, wow. Yeah. To your own event that... I paid for that I have been planning for months. Now, yeah, I was a little ticked about that. Yeah, I get it. I get that, that's it. Little, I see that, both that's sides. just disrespectful. That is disrespectful. It is. Yeah. I can see 20 minutes. What, what's the yes. cutoff? 15, 20 minutes? I'll even give you 30. That. But then, wouldn't that warrant a phone call at that I point? I would think. Yeah, I would think. I'm not going to make it. Right. Oh, I'm gonna be late. I'm gonna be extremely late. Whatever. Yeah, at least have right. courtesy. If, it, no, if it's something that if, if it's your event and I'm doing it for you, there's no reason why you shouldn't be there. Now, if it's something that I'm planning and and you're supposed to come, you don't come. Then I expect. I, you're right. A text, right. a phone call. I'm not gonna make it. Something came up, and you know I'm gonna be upset, but I'll get over it. But if right. I put months of planning into something, because yeah. I was watching a show. Um, I forgot the name of that that event planner, David. He planned oh, a baby shower. Uh, you mean David Tudor? Yes, he did a that's baby shower for um for Lil Kim. David she uh, came Laura. in an hour before the dog on thing was supposed to be over with. Mm-hmm. I understand being late, but come on, help yeah. us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess that's it's April, man. You know April Mayhem. You know April Mayhem, right? Yeah. I've been in love with David Tutor since 2004. Yeah, and I didn't know. He, I, I know. did because uh, I didn't know he was gay. And I used to tell my husband because he no, had another show called. At you. <laughs> <laughs> we both looking at you like, what? Your gaydar broke. 
Yes. It, it, <laughs> yes. I have a broke gator. I really do. Oh, okay. And okay. I been I was in love with this man. I just tell my husband, I'm in love with this man. And if I will leave, I will leave him for you. I mean, I'll leave him. Yeah, I believe leave you for him. <laughs> you leave you for him. Yes. <laughs> and he was like, okay. He was not. Now I understand why he wasn't concerned. <laughs> he was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> but yes, I was in love with him. And um, so he um, has a whole nother life that does not include me. So I was disappointed. <laughs> you sounds so disappointed, Paulette. Poor baby. And she's making it sound like he's wrong for it. I knew, right? <laughs> Lord, if I could get him to listen to this, he'll probably be laughing his tail off. <laughs> Ooh. We'll have to children and everything. <laughs> oh, Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's too cute. Too cute. <laughs> it didn't include me. Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> she looks broken hearted. Oh, thanks. She is. Oh. She, she is. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> but no, as a, a wedding professional, I understand completely how you feel, Paulette. Oh. I, yeah, I, I, I totally understand because I <laughs> I was officiating a wedding and the bride was an hour late and I had another wedding I had to do. So it almost bled into the time of the other wedding. Wow. So yeah, that can be very upsetting. It can be very, very upsetting. So I see both sides of the situation so yeah <laughs> i wouldn't be as as much bad i mean mad about it if i didn't put my money and effort into it but if i'm right. putting my money and my effort and decorated and all that kind of stuff in it and you're not um yeah i'm mad yeah I'm, I'm, yeah yeah yes. yeah, yeah that's a lot of work a lot of energy and money decorating the venue putting everything up and then you gotta break it all down to Oh, yeah. And you're supposed to have games and all this other kind of stuff, girl. Please, yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> at least they appreciate the time that they had. But good lord, and 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 stupid reason, all because one person wants to wait until the time of this event starts to go buy something to wear. <gasps> oh, oh, that person no. would have been left. Yeah, that person would have been left. Yep. Mm -mm. Mm, you gotta have me you gotta give me a good reason and you've been there one. all week and you're gonna wait until the time like this like we had this place endless time no <laughs> it's not endless time and you wait until it was about to start to go find something to wear you don't know the audacity <laughs> wow mm. oh man wow well well, ladies, well, I tell you what, if I'm going to be late, I'm going to let y'all know. Well, y'all already know I'm going to let you know. And I'm going to normally be with one of y'all. And y'all pretty much expect me to be late anyway. So, you know. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, exactly. we already know you're going to be late. I was about late. to say, I about to say, but here's the thing. You know your friends. Right. You yeah. know your friends going to be late. So, why exactly. get upset and be mad? <laughs> y'all want to hear something sick? 
Okay. I'm really contemplating planning for someone to wheel me in late for my funeral. <laughs> you ain't gonna have to. Because you know, the hearse ain't even gonna be there on time. It's gonna get stuck Paulette. in traffic. Paulette, we're gonna, we're gonna make that happen. <gasps> we're gonna say, happen, April. We ain't even we have to make say it happen. the funeral started at 11. <laughs> but we're gonna make sure she roll up in there at 11 30. Yep. Oh, she will. Sharifa. And then somebody, somebody get on the microphone and be like, you know, Linda, she always late. <laughs> this is a tribute to her. Excuse me. The friend you know, of you know what? Linda is supposed to really be, no, here you go. Here you go, April. You know, Linda's supposed to take her last breath at 1120. <laughs> so, here it is, 1150. Doggone it. What you waiting on? <laughs> It's official. I'm writing it into my will. <laughs> oh, man. I'm glad That's we can laugh about this stuff. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, y'all, we have had a fun episode. Listeners, thank you so much for joining us. Remember to look us up and follow us on social media, on Facebook, Wind Down with Uncorked, on Instagram, at Uncorked and Convo, on LinkedIn, Uncorked in Conversation podcast. Same on TikTok, Uncorked in Conversation podcast. Oh, and Twitter at Uncorked in. Definitely follow us, share with your friends, more and more followers. We want you all with us as we continue to have fun. Remember, if you'd like to be on the show, um, let us know. If you have something you want to talk about or something uh, special that you want us to know about you, let us know. And if you are a business owner and would like us to promote your business, please contact us and let us know. We are happy to do that. And currently, we are doing that for businesses for free. So you want to reach out right now. Anything else? Why it's free. Free. Why it's free. Free Free and free. That's right. For a limited time. (laughs) That's right. She said for a limited time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, everyone. And until next time, sip wine and be well. Thank you for listening to Uncorked in Conversation. This podcast is co-hosted by Linda White, April N. Brown, Paulette Irvy, and Sarita Boston. It is produced and edited by April N. Brown. The music is by Ben Sound.